listeners, you're welcome to Family Alive Ministry, a.k.a. FAM. God began the world with a family, and it must be our goal to maintain that plan. A godly family will produce a godly world. We hope as you listen to this message, the vision to restore God's plan in families would be impressed on your heart. Now, today's message. This morning, I'm preaching a very short message, and... um on the foundation of great giving, consecration, the foundation of great giving. Amen. This is a month of giving, and Pastor Old introduced the month in such a great way. Um, and we must always go back to the word of God and meditate on God's word. Somebody said to read the Bible or to hear God's word and not meditate is like to eat for the food not to digest. Amen. Can you imagine what that looks like? So meditation actually gives us an opportunity for the food to digest the word of God. So we must always go back to the word. We must be like the Bereans. Bible said that they were of more noble character than those who were in Thessalonica. That after Paul preached, they went to search the scriptures again. Some of us, we are seeing our last week notes for the first time right now. Tell your neighbor, look, it looks like the preacher is talking about you. Amen. So a few things Pastor Al said, um, and, and I, as I said, we must always go back to the messages. Um, faith comes by hearing, not what you hate, what you keep hearing. Amen. So that's how faith, you have to stay on to faith to do better and to walk in obedience to the word of God. So a few things Pastor Al said at the beginning of the month, I'm just going to read them. He said that you need to have dominion, else you are not walking in purpose. Hmm. The nature of God is evident through all creation. I mean, the fact that God is great, the fact that God is um, abundant-minded is evident through creation. As others who shared with us that by generosity, life is sustained. And um, he said that generosity starts with first receiving. Do you remember? Hey, do you remember? Okay. So Pastor also shared from Genesis 8.22, a very profound verse. While the earth remains, seed, time, and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. As long as the earth remains, this principle will forever be there. Unless the earth passes away. The principle of seed, time, and harvest will forever be there. Meaning that as, soon, as long as you hear that the, we are, the earth still exists, you should be following this principle. Yeah. It's unwise to rise up to go and look for a harvest when you did not sow. And that's what our generation does. We enter services looking for an, a harvest that we did not sow. Hey, amen. Yeah. So this is the best time. And I was sharing recently like for example, when you look at the, the uh, economic situation, yes, it is not easy at all. Now, your, your transportation can easily be equal to your salary. Or oh, you don't understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Or even more, you have to bring some other money to be able to work. Hey! Yes. I'm telling you. At first, transport fares that you used to travel from 
Accra to another region is within the region. Yeah. Short distance. It's amazing. Yeah. So when you look at everything around us, it looks like everything is becoming more difficult. Yes. So you might, you might be tempted to say, let me hold on to what I have. But it's wisdom to sow when the thing is more difficult. So this is the best time to be sowing. Sow love now. Every form. Once you see that there's an opportunity to sow, take it. Yes. Give now. This is the best time. You remember Isaac? When there was a great famine, that was the same season. He was blessed. He sowed in the same. So, guys, let's take an opportunity as a church. As a church, let's not spend time complaining about the economy. God is telling us we should sow. Now. Instead of discussing the news, who should, whether we should change the president, maintain him, you, you be focused on sowing. Be asking God, God, why are you leading me to sow? Where can I give? Who can I give to? Because this is seed time-ish. Amen. Sometimes the best time to sow is when they think that it looks very difficult and it doesn't make sense to sow. Hallelujah. Pastor mentioned some seeds which you sow, the word of God, our finances. Time and energy. Hey, this is the best time to visit your Christian brethren and spend time with them. Yeah, I came to realize that, man of God, if we don't take care, all our fellowship will be church and worship services. Yeah, you look at the church right now, not this, but the church in general. There's no Bible says the disciples met from house to house and they broke bread. It they were intentional about fellowship. And if you are not intentional about spending time with people, fellowship is, 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 is expensive. Hey, to leave everything you are doing, to go and spend time with another Christian brother looking in the word, encouraging each other. Oh, especially when you don't get anything where you are going to. If you don't take care, you don't want to go. Hallelujah. So let's, let's do such things. Let's spend time. Let's invest in each other visits people. Hallelujah. Amen. Some of you are farm members. You've never visited your pastor, Pastor Rod, before. Uh, should I go there? I should just focus on my message. <laughs> uh, hallelujah. So time and energy for fellowship. Hallelujah. Amen. When it comes to giving, we need to have a personal revelation to be able to give consistently and greatly. It's a personal revelation that stirs up passion in a man's heart. So if you want to be a giver, it starts from a personal revelation, knowing what giving is about and being so convinced that this is God's way and God's will. And let, if you don't do that, what will happen is that you give a little. When things become hard, you stop. So as I said today, I'm speaking on consecration. Um, this is a word we hear at ordination services, right? For bishops, pastors, and uh, um, bishops. Hallelujah. Once you look at a church in the book of Corinthians that excelled at giving, Paul said, 2 Corinthians 8, verse 1 to 9. We'll read quickly. Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. 8 1. That in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing, imploring us with much urgency 
that we would receive the gifts and the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And not only as we had hoped, but they gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. So we urge Titus that as he had begun, he would also complete this grace in you as well. But as you abound in this grace, but as you abound in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all diligence, and in your love for us, see that you abound in this grace also. I speak by commandment, but I am testing the sincerity of your love by the diligence of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, Yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. Hallelujah. So Paul is talking about giving and he's talking about the churches in Macedonia. You should remember that there was a form of collection where we have the word collection from in church. That's, I'm sure that's where they took the, where they were gathering money for the saints. And then he started talking about a church. And we want to look at a few characteristics of the, this church because this, we want to be a, I pray we'll be a church like the churches in Macedonia that gave. Let's look at a few things. Paul actually said they excelled in giving, meaning that they were excellent. Wow. Do you know what it means to write an exam and to pass? And to get very, to get good before very good and then excellence. Wow. How many of you ever saw excellent on your report card? Hey, then all of you are excellent people. <laughs> Even if you know not see your children will become excellent people in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah. So they excelled in giving. And from verse 1, let's go back to verse 1. We are, we are just told about the fact that it was a grace that was at work. That it was grace at work for we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on these churches, that their giving was as a result of grace. They gave so much that they could, everybody could only attribute their giving to grace. They say, ah, this is beyond the normal. You see, grace is God at work. Something that you cannot do in your, with your own self. So when they say they excelled at giving, it means that how they were giving, it, it was a supernatural thing. It did not look like a normal thing. Yeah. And this is the kind of church I believe God is leading our church to become. A church that are given we so excel that God can write a story, a letter about us. That will be an example of a church that gives. Bible says that in a great, the first thing is that in a great trial of affliction, their joy and deep poverty made them very liberal people. Meaning that they were suffering, but they decided to give. They did not have much. Their lack did not stop them. They never had an excuse not to give. Listen to what TPT says of verse 2. For even during a, during a season of severe difficulty, tremendous suffering, and extreme poverty. Wow. Do you have TPT? For even during a season of severe difficulty, severe, di- you see, there's one thing where there's difficulty, another thing where the difficulty is severe. Hmm. Tremendous suffering. Not just any regular kind of huge, very difficult suffering. An extreme poverty. Wow. Their superabundant joy overflowed into an act of extravagant generosity. Their lifestyle and their status did not match. 
They so gave that when you look at the boy and say that, ah, where is this seed coming from? They say it's from this church. They say, no, it is not possible. <laughs> Let's look at verse 3. For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing. The second thing is that they gave within their means and even with beyond their means. So there was an expectation on this church. So they gave according to their expectation. Then they went beyond the expectation and gave more than was expected of them. Hey, that's a great church. That's the grace of God at work. <laughs> verse 3. Watch oh. Let, let's go back to verse 3. It says that, For I bear witness, according to their ability, yes, and beyond their they were freely willing. Wow. They were not just givers. They were freely willing. Hmm. <laughs> Hallelujah. TPT says that for I can verify that they spontaneously gave. Not, do you know what it means to give spontaneously? Something you're not, it's not planned, you're not thinking about, but you're giving much. Hey, today's believer. <laughs> Hallelujah. We plan it, deduct it. Hey, hey. When we are giving, for example, when we are buying something together, everybody's giving, believers are giving, and somebody realizes, oh, they they, they, they've hit the target. Hey, let me sit down with my money. I can use it for something else. <laughs> Not only according to their means, but far beyond what they could afford. The church was giving far beyond they could afford. Obviously, it was grace. Verse 4. Imploring us with much urgency that we will receive the gifts and the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. What does it mean to? Implore. To implore is to make an earnest or desperate appeal. What does it mean? They were begging the guys that, Paul, you need to take this seed. Wow. So we beg you, please take that. We beg you. We, we, we have a seed. And he said that with agents, he said, come for the money right now. We have come. Don't delay. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Telling you. Many believers today, unless we bring a prophet, who can stir up their place? Uh, there will be no agency to give. You bring a teacher and say the teacher should teach the word of God. They say, okay, now come and give. Which will surprise you. Yeah. And generation gives when we are stirred up to give. But these people watch. They were begging. They said, that's when is the next time to give? Yeah. Are we, are we done buying the chairs? I've given for the number of chairs I said I'll give for. But look, I, I can give again. That's what these, these churches were doing. Yeah. You see, you can't, you are not supporting me in preaching because you see that we are far from it. <laughs> yeah. They took every, every opportunity to sow was a privilege for this church. Yeah. To sow, it was a privilege. They looked forward to their Sunday second service because they knew it was an opportunity to sow. Say, hey, there's a Sunday service. I can bring so bolo. Uh, you don't understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. They don't they no need an announcement. Family, please, let's all remember. Uh, Pastor Vicky, how do you say? Let's remember to bring our table. Hey, chair, hey what is it? Uh, no, food to the table. Hey. Yeah. This church never said, look, Sunday we know we'll bring more. We'll bring more. And what is it? We'll give. We'll give. <laughs> and from this church, it's obvious that you, 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 it's not the rich who give, it's the generous. From this church, you can really, it's not those who have money. So some of it, you are, you are waiting for when you get plenty money. 
Then so when I get plenty, one day I'll buy a carton of chicken and I'll just fry Sunday morning and bring I'll, I'll shock them. Everybody will take two pieces of chicken. Yeah. Or one day I'll bring a special grill here. And, I mean, this thing they've been saying, I'll surprise them. I'll make them keep quiet. Yeah. Look, if you can't give us chicken wings, you can't give us a full chicken. If you can't bring the little you have, you can never, if you don't bring us one bottle of, uh, no, even um, that thing in the paper, what's the name? No, the smaller one, aqua fresh or calipo, yes. Uh, if you don't bring those things, you can't bring, you can't bring one liter. Hmm. I know I'm dialing somebody's number, so I mean the place is quiet, like, oh, it's a different church I'm talking about. Yeah, they were imploring, they were begging, please, we need to give. We are looking for an opportunity because this is, there's a grace at work in our lives. There's a grace. There's a grace. And you see, do you know why I'm, I'm focusing on the fact that there's a grace? One way to see grace at work in your life is to engage that grace. When you want to see whether this is grace, you, you, a grace cannot be bestowed on you for you not to do anything. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. And the grace that was given to me was not in vain. I labored more abundantly. He said that my, the grace at work in my life made me live in a particular way. Yeah. Yeah. And the grace of God that we share, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, that same grace is in verse 9. It says that, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus, that though he was rich, for your sins became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. The grace we've been sharing at the end of service, which is abiding with us every time, must cause us to give. Hallelujah. Yeah. Verse 5. This is the focus of what I'm sharing. And not only as we had hoped, but they first gave themselves to the Lord. Wow. So this is where it begins from. Without giving yourself to the Lord first, you can't give him your things and what you own. So this is, so this church, this, is, this was their secret. Because they had given themselves to the Lord, they could give everything that belonged to them, to the Lord. And that's what consecration is about. A life dedicated to the Lord. A life given over to the Lord. A heart given to the Lord. Absolutely saying that my life belongs to the, everything about me is the Lord. Everything I have. That's why. You see, when you see scriptures, that what do we have that we do not receive? He's, he's a person who is dedicated, consecrated to the Lord. Yeah. Hallelujah. And Paul asks that they should emulate these churches. I'll come back to consecration. Verse 7. But as you are bound in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all diligence, and in your love for us, see that you are bound in this grace also. Verse 7 says. So what made this church a spectacular church when it comes to giving is because they had given themselves to the Lord. Without we dedicating our lives to the Lord, we'll never give him our things. That is how come you see some people in churches and places, they have so much money, but they'll never help to build the kingdom of God. They'll never help to fed. Have you, have you come to a point where you say that, ah, if we had this person and this person in a, in a church or in a group, it means that, oh, we can build many things. Has that occurred to you before? No, no, it doesn't work that way. This people are in churches and groups. But if they don't give themselves to the Lord, they'll never give you their money. Yeah. So in every church, pastors must be looking for generous people, not just rich people. So you must teach our people generosity. Hallelujah. Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. I'm looking at consecration. Bible's call for consecration. 
I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the message of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Amen. In the Old Testament, when the, the people brought their sacrifices, they said that, okay, I'm bringing this sacrifice and it belongs to the Lord. The animal is killed and given as a sacrifice. But in the New Testament, Paul, in trying to tell us what our sacrifice looks like, said, you, you don't bring animals, you bring yourself. You don't bring goods. God is not looking for, he's looking for you first. <laughs> you see, in the Old Testament, the people could give to the Lord without giving them his heart, their hearts. So they could do many things without giving. That's where it begins from. When we yield our lives to it, and this scripture, Romans 12, 1, is a scripture on consecration. So it says that in view of God's mercies, so chapter 1 to 11 tells us about God's mercies. Yes, how by grace we are saved. How that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. How for the wages of sin is death. How while we were yet sinners, Christ came to die for us. So from chapter 1 of Romans to chapter 11, we see the message of God. Then in chapter 12, verse 1, Paul says that, I, I beseech you therefore, because of all of this message we've spoken about from chapter 1 to chapter 11, our response to God's mercy is to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. Yeah. So the best way to say thank you to God for his many mercies is to give yourself as a reasonable, as a living sacrifice to the Lord. And somebody said, the thing about living sacrifice is that they easily crawl off the altar. It's true. Because you're alive, you can walk off sometimes. Yeah, but it doesn't change the fact that you belong on the altar. <laughs> Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 5, 14 to 15. For the love of Christ compels us. Because we judge thus, that if one died for all, hey, that's verse 15, that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and again, and rose again. Hallelujah. Yeah. Said, and that he died for all, his mercies, <laughs> that those who live, those who have encountered his mercies should no longer live for themselves. They should consecrate themselves to the Lord. To be dedicated to the Lord. Yeah. Because of God's many mercies, guys, we must dedicate our lives to the Lord. Amen. So why consecration? Or how do we consecrate ourselves? I want to take a scripture from Exodus. Exodus 21, verse 1 to 6. Now these are the judgments which you shall set before them. If you buy a Hebrew servant... He shall serve six years, and in the seventh, he shall go out free and pay nothing. Are you following? Don't, don't sleep because you've gone to Exodus. Be here. If he comes in by himself, he shall go out by himself. If he comes in married, then his wife shall go out with him. If his master has given him a wife, and she has borne him sons or daughters, the wife and her children shall be her masters, and he shall go out by himself. But if the servant plainly says, I love my master, my wife, and my children. I will not go out free. Then his master shall bring him to the judges. And he shall also bring him to the door or to the doorpost. And his master shall pierce his ear with an owl. And he shall serve him forever. So God gave guidelines to Moses how slaves should be treated. Right? 
So he said that they will serve six years. In the seventh year, let them go freely. But once the master slave says that, look, I love my master so much. I don't want to go. So you bring him to the judges and he pierces his ear to the doorpost. I mean, that's another message on its own. And from that day, he's going to save the master forever. Yes. So he was going to become an eternal slave because of his love for his master. And this love for his master was based on his, the, his, the fact that he saw that his master has been good to him. So consecration comes is, is we are respond, we love in God. And this love for God is based on his love for us first. This servant will never see ourselves this master forever if he was never good to him. So God's call for consecration is for us to consider how much he has loved us and say that we love our master forever so we'll give our lives to him. That's why Paul could write and say that we are slaves. We are born slaves. We are born servants. He had the revelation of this that the master had showed him so much mercy but so he has no other thing but to say I give my life to my master to serve him forever. Yeah. When you see anybody serving the Lord, going extremes for the Lord, consecrating him to a path that looks like he's leading his, to his death in serving the Lord, it's because he has had a certain revelation of God's love for him. When you are saying that the Lord has been so good to me, I have no, I have no other option than to respond in love. <laughs> so, but if the, he says that, I love my master. Yeah. So the first, first one is that Consecration comes out of a love for Jesus. Out of a personal love. So, what's the application of this? When you remember how much God has been good to us, we have no option. Hey, look at your life. See how God has been good to you. Yeah. Huawei, sinners, he died for us. Hey. <laughs> Hallelujah. You remember the madman of Gadara in Mark 5? After Jesus healed him, he said, go and tell people. He wanted to follow Jesus. He said, no, this is your message. Go and tell people how God has had mercy on you. Yeah. Go and tell people. He said, be occupied. This will be the rest of your life that you are telling people about how God has had mercy for, on you. You see, the, the madman of Gadda was willing to follow Jesus because he saw that the man has had mercy on him. So he was, he was ready to relocate. He said, look, I'll follow you wherever you go. I, I want to be with you. Yes, because he had encountered mercy. Anybody who has truly encountered mercy will be willing to follow the Lord every time. That's when we look at Jesus' encounter with people. The woman with the um, alabaster box and all this book. They, they were people who could see the Lord's mercy and say, look, I'm ready to give my whole year's wages to him. Because they saw it and their response, their response, their response was that, look, because he has been good to me, I have nothing to do. Yeah. 1 John 4 verse 10. In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Yeah. One day I was, this, I was on the one which I was asking Pastor all that. So Pastor, what do you want to be known for when you, like at the end of your life? He said, I want to be known as somebody who was greatly loved by God. I said, ah, is that, is that what you want to be known for? Me, I thought you would say that you want to be known for somebody who really loved the Lord. When I sat I sat and I thought about it, I realized that what he's saying is, is the foundation. Because somebody who is greatly loved by the Lord will greatly love the Lord. Yeah. 
some of us want to get to a point where we are giving our best to God. It, is, it comes from a personal revelation of God's love for you. Do you, have, do you believe God loves you? Do you believe that if you were the only person who was on earth, God would have sent his only son to die for you? And how special you are. Yeah. Look at us in our past and the many things to have been. Today, the Bible says that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hey. Yeah. Recently, I was sharing some people that, look, some of you, you have some people have even become financial secretaries of, of ministries and their families cannot even still trust them with NCDs because of their past. It's amazing. That's God's mercy. <laughs> Look at where we've been. And Bible says that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Hey! Look at where we've been and God is still showing us mercy day in, day out. Hey, mercy! Yeah. Sometimes we go and commit a particular sin. As we are praying for forgiveness, we, uh, we know that we'll do it again. Who has been there before? Like, as we are praying, you know that this one, there, God forgive me, but you know, I, I might do one or two times again. Yeah. Yeah. Mercy. God's mercy. Continuous mercy. Continuous mercy. Bible says that by his mercies, we've not been consumed. Bible says that his mercies are new every morning. Every morning. Bible actually says that blessed be God who daily loads us with benefits, the God of our salvation. Daily, daily, daily. Look, you are here by the message of God. You are here by the message of God. And our response, our appropriate response to God's mercy is to say that, look, I offer my body. Yeah, I give my life to you. I give my all to you. Not because I love you so much, but because you love me so much. I've seen your mercy. Look, no matter how great, we feel like we'll do something for God. We'll never outdo God. What he has done for us, we can never outdo him. Yeah. It's just our response. Hmm. Hallelujah. You know, Amplified Classic of, says of verse, um, Romans 12 verse 1, that instead of saying reasonable sacrifice, say that this is your reasonable into brackets, rational, intelligent, service and spiritual worship. It's, it's an in, intelligent thing to do. That God has had mercy on you. If you want to be wise, show us your wisdom is to give your body as a living sacrifice. This is the rational thing. When you think about this, is the best thing to do. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, are you in the house at all? Yeah. Amen. Right. So the first reason why we consecrate ourselves is because he has had mercy on us and he loves us. So that's our, our response. Yeah. So as I said, we must learn. That's why you, as a believer, you must spend time knowing about God's love for you. First John 4, 16. John says that, and we have known and believed. We have known and believed the love God has for us. We have known the love. We have known it. We become intimate. We know the love. We have known and believed the love that God has for us. Wow. We've known it. We must spend time. That's why Paul says in Ephesians 3.18 that we may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. Hallelujah. So the first thing is that our love for God makes us give ourselves to Him. And remember, this love is a foundation on His love for us. When you go out wanting to serve the Lord greatly or do mighty things for the Lord without having a personal revelation of His love for you, you end up anyway. You become weary. Yeah. 
So as you are serving the Lord, this will be at the back of your mind. Are you doing it because you love the Lord or you are doing it because he loves you? That should be your... I, I'm deeply loved. I, I, can, I have to serve deeply. I'm doing it because I'm deeply loved. <laughs> Hallelujah. The second reason why we consecrate ourselves, and we said that consecration is the foundation for all giving, is that we actually have been purchased and we belong to God. As a believer, you've been purchased. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19. First Corinthians 6, verse 19. For you, then, no, 6, 19, 1, 9. Okay. Okay, let me read. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Whom you have from God, and you are not your own. For you were bought at a price. Hey. <laughs> Therefore, Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God. For you, the next verse, you were bought. You were bought. You were bought. When God redeemed us, He actually bought us. <laughs> you see, during the Roman Empire, people sold, when you go to the market, people sold ducks, various animals. But there was also a human market. Where people sold slaves. So when Paul was talking about this, they understood it from a certain perspective. So on the slave market, so the price of animals were fixed. So duck is this, goat is this, whatever, they were fixed. But when it came to slaves, the highest bidder got a slave. So when they put the slave down, they'll look at everything and say, okay, I'll give this amount. The next person, I'll give this amount. This person said, okay, I'll give this amount for the same. And the highest bidder got a slave. And once you became the highest bidder, the slave became your property absolutely. You had every right over the slave. So when Paul was saying you were bought at the price, the people understood what they were saying. That once we had a master, but another master has come to buy us. So we belong to this new master absolutely. So when he was saying that you were bought at the price, he said, really? Then it means that first I had another master, but now somebody else has come to buy me. So when he said that we were redeemed, with, not with corruptible things as silver or gold, they understood that first our master was the devil. He was in control of our lives. But now we've been redeemed with the blood of Jesus, so we belong to him absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when Paul said that you were bought at a price, this is what they understood. And that's what applies to us. Some time ago, we had a different master. Some time ago, the Bible says that the spirit of disobedience was at work in our lives. We woke up, we did anything we wanted to do. Everything. Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man. The ends thereof are the ways of death. Anything that looked good for us, we went for it. Because the master, the spirit of disobedience was at work in our lives. So to and fro, moving, living, and we had a certain master. But since we were bought, now we have to understand that we belong absolutely to Jesus. So first, our, first, our first consecration point is that we do it because we love God, because he has showed us love. Now, the second reason why we consecrate ourselves is because he owns us. <laughs> we are his. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is it, is it Romans 14, verse 7? It's possible that it's Romans 14, verse 7. None of us, uh -huh, good. None of, for none of us lives to himself and no one dies to himself. Next verse. 
For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. Wow. Whether we live or die. I, I wonder how many Christians were conscious of the fact that my life, my life belongs to the Lord. Yeah. When you understand that your very life belongs to the Lord, you realize that your money also belongs to the Lord. I see people who are fighting tight and say, oh, 10%, they are giving them money. Pastor said one day with us that, look, in the New Testament, the call to give eh, is stronger than tight in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, we are supposed to give 10%, but in the New Testament, none of us lives to himself. Everything belongs to the Lord. So in the Old Testament, you take 10% and give to the Lord. In the New Testament, God takes his before you take yours. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, so we belong to him. When that we live, if we are conscious of this, we realize that when my salary comes at the end of the month, it's not mine. It's for the Lord. Anybody blesses me with money, it's not mine. It's for the Lord. The phone I'm using, it's not mine. It's for the Lord. So any day the Lord needs it, it can be released. The reason why you can't give your car for ministry is because you think it's your, it's your loan that bought it. Yeah. You've not come to a point where you've realized that your life is for God. That's what the Bible says that every good and every perfect gift comes from above. The Bible says, What do you have that you don't receive? Everything we have. And once we walk in this consciousness, oh, giving becomes easy. We don't need a prophet to come in. We just say that we are going to do this. And remember that, okay, if we have to, if we have to do it, the money I have, it belongs to the Lord, then I can give it out. Hallelujah. Hmm. Amen. Hallelujah. I should be closing now. I have some other things to say, but I think I should be closing. <laughs> Luke 1, 68 and 69. Then we also read 74 and I think 75. Luke 1. Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. Next verse. So this prophecy about, and the song about God's deliverance, and he has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. Next verse. So let's go to 74. Hmm. To grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear. Next verse in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our lives. What is he saying? He said that there's a, this was a, before Jesus, about, this is a prophecy about Jesus, song about Jesus. Now, he said that this deliverance that Jesus is bringing to us is for a reason, so that we'll serve him in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our lives. Meaning, the goal for our deliverance, you remember I was sharing consecration from the beginning that he loved us and also shared the fact that we've been bought if we belong to him, if we've been delivered unto himself, then this is the reason, this is the goal. is to serve the Lord all the days of our lives. We are a growing church. We've started. It's time for us to see that, look, I belong to the Lord. I need to serve him. We don't serve the Lord because we have some free time. We serve the Lord because we belong to him. So that when they say it's time for rehearsal, you don't say, oh, I'll see whether I can make it. No, you, you belong to the Lord. I must make it. The reason why we struggle with our service. The reason why we, we don't serve the Lord with joy. We don't serve the Lord in tribulation. We don't serve the Lord. Today when I was coming, I was telling my wife that, look, 
I think that this increase in transport fares is going to start stopping people from going to church. Because usually in tribulation, the first thing we cut off is God and the things of God. Yeah. We'll get money to go to work, but God, oh, we'll watch it online. Oh, online listeners, I'm not saying anything against you, but just, just understand what I'm saying. The first thing we cut is, oh, oh, I won't go to church so that I can save some money for the rest of the week. <laughs> Hallelujah. Who thought about saving some money this morning and by you? The Lord still brought you. Hallelujah. Yeah. So service. 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 Consecrated people will give their life and their time and their energy to God and the things of God. Yeah. When you see a missionary going on missions, Never think he doesn't have anything to do. He sees that his life belongs to the Lord. So he says, I can go. I can go. I can dedicate myself. Yeah. And until you come to this point where you realize, ah, my life belongs to the Lord. Many things will be difficult for you. Many things will be difficult for you. Your giving will not be consistent. Yeah. Your giving will not be consistent. Guys, let's have this revelation of the fact that we were purchased by him and for him. We were bought with a price and we belong to him. And so he must serve. Let's become servants of Bible says that let this mind be in Philippians 2.5, which was also in Christ Jesus. Who being in the very form of God did not consider equality with God as something to be grasped, but made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant. Jesus identified. He consecrated himself so much to the Father that he identified the form of a servant. Yes. How many of us here can say that we are servants of God? It's one thing putting yourself, oh, I'm a servant of God and living as a servant of God. That's why Paul, listen to the, the, the grace preacher. I mean, I in the house. The grace, grace preacher, I said, I therefore, Paul, a prisoner of the Lord. He was going to introduce himself one and said, I, Paul, a prisoner of the Lord. How many times have they invited the man of God? He said, this man of God is a prisoner of the Lord. Hey, we will not say that. We will talk about the CV. Hey. Uh, we won't talk about the fact that this guy is a consecrated believer. No, we, 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 our generation, we don't like, we, we want to be different. Yes. I know some, some ministers that they are reverend doctor. If you take the doctor out or the reverend out, do not spare you. Hey. I remember when I was in, in the seminary, one day we were doing a group discussion and my lecture was reverend doctor, but we took the, we forgot about the doctor and we used only reverend because we thought we were in the seminary. He said, he gave my, I don't know if you remember that day, he gave my group, he said minus five or something. He said, I worked. He said, I went to school for this title. <laughs> yeah. How many of us can identify us? Is it, is it Ephesians 4 1 or Ephesians 5 1? A prisoner of the Lord, a prisoner, a servant. You start on a prisoner, it starts identifying. Yeah. The prisoner of the Lord. Hey. It's a message. He was a consecrated man. That's why they could look at Paul and say, look, where you are going to, there's a prophecy. A prophet came. A prophet whose prophecy has never failed. He came and said that the owner of this, this is how his life is going to be tied. He said, look, I'm not only ready to be beaten and put in prison, I'm ready to die. 
because Romans, he, Romans 14, 7. He said, whether we live or die. He said, no, I don't care. He said, I'm going to, I'm going to be beaten. I'm going to be put in prison. Is that all? Look, I'm ready to be, die. Prison is nothing. Yeah. So I'm ready to die. Because he saw himself as a, a prisoner. I belong to the Lord. He owns me. Yeah, my life is not my own. You see, we sing those songs right now, but sometimes I don't know if you mean it. Yeah, my life is not my own. I give myself to you. That is consecration. But it, it goes beyond the song. It comes to living. Yeah, see, a choir start lifting their hand, almost crying, I give myself, I give myself, but she can't come for rehearsal. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Give myself. I'll do. Hey. Yeah. But we can't do much because we are not living consecrated. Look, if you are going to serve, as you are entering our anniversary um, month, please, we must be people who are giving. Yeah. People don't give our spare. We give our all. Many believers now give only their spare time. Oh, Saturday evening. Okay, you if I come from the wedding early, I'll, I'll come for evangelism. Yeah. If, I, if only I come early, I can. I'll see if I can come back. Yeah. yeah. That's how come we, we are not being a generation that... Look, we need to be people who are so consecrated and serving the Lord that our children will see us serving the Lord. That their, their reason for serving the Lord is not just what they've heard, but they've seen their parents live it out and they've seen how blessed their parents are. Yes. Yes. How blessed their parents are. Going great extent for the Lord. That's why at a very young age, we must be people who are bringing our children when it's time to serve the Lord. Bring them. Don't say oh, they should be home. No. We are, we are coming for setup. Bring them. They don't understand what the cable is, but still bring them. They should see that my, my father dedicated his Saturday to serving the Lord. He dedicated his Sunday, his entire day to serving the Lord. Yeah. Yeah, so that's why I came to tell you that, look, if we are going to be great givers, we must give ourselves wholeheartedly to the Lord. And consecration is a process. The more you consecrate yourself, the more you yield to the Lord, the more you realize that, oh, there's more to even give to Him. You never come to a point where you realize I've given everything to Him, but is one step after the other. Perhaps you are far. Perhaps you think that oh, you are not doing much. Perhaps you feel like you've not given much of your life to the Lord. It begins from one step. It begins from saying that, look, I want to take the next right step. To give a little more. To go a little further. To give a little more. To go a little further. To give a little more. Hey, I believe that when we go to heaven, one of the things we talk about is our victories. Which came through our consecration. And our lives. Rise to your feet so I can close. We hope you were blessed by this message. For more information, please visit our social media websites on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook at Family Alive Ministry. Please subscribe, follow, like, and share. God bless you and have a great week.